0: It's Saturday, April the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Ukrainian civilians killed in train station attack and world food prices surge. First, the week in brief. The death toll from a rocket attack on Kramatork's train station rose to 50, including five children according to Pavlov Kirilanko, the regional governor. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, said there had been no Ukrainian troops inside the station. As one of the easternmost stations still open in Ukraine, it is a major hub for civilians evacuating the region. Thousands of people were inside at the time of the strike. Global food prices rose at their fastest annual rate for 14 years last month, as disruptions to exports, including grains and sunflower oil, from Ukraine and Russia, compounded already rising costs. Prices across all categories of the UN's food price index were nearly 13% higher in March than in February. The cereal index rose by 17%. Higher costs are keenly felt in developing countries. Meanwhile, Russia's annual inflation rate, reached 16.7% in March, up from 9.2% in February. Slovakia gave its S-300 air defence system to Ukraine, following entreaties by Mr Zelensky for more Western military equipment. In response, the Biden administration said it would deploy a Patriot missile defence system to Slovakia to be operated by American soldiers. Earlier, the Czech Republic... Since Soviet-made tanks to Ukraine and Britain promised an additional £100 million worth of quote, high-grade military equipment. Ursula von der Leyen, the President of the European Commission, promised a quick response to Ukraine's bid to join the EU. During a visit to Kiev on Friday, she told Mr Zelensky that a decision on Ukraine's membership would come in a quote, matter of weeks. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, met Olaf Scholz, Germany's Chancellor, to discuss how to help wean European countries off Russian gas. Russia announced it was shutting down the local offices of 15 foreign NGOs, including those of Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch. The Justice Ministry said the organisations were violating Russian law. Meanwhile, Dmitry Medvedev, a former president, said that the Western sanctions imposed on Russia were a declaration of economic war. Other news. A federal jury in Michigan acquitted two of four men accused of plotting to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the state's Democratic governor, over her COVID-19 restrictions in 2020. Jurors deadlocked on the case against the other two, resulting in a mistrial. Ahead of the first round of France's presidential election on Sunday, Emmanuel Macron, the incumbent, said he regretted having started his campaign so late. Polls suggest his lead has shrunk considerably in recent weeks, while support for his far-right rival, Marine Le Pen, has surged. A jury in New York convicted Roger Ng, a former Goldman Sachs banker of corruption charges related to the plundering of one MDB, a Malaysian sovereign wealth fund. Mr. Ing was the first, and probably sole, person implicated in the scandal to face trial in America. Warner Media and Discovery completed their merger. Combined, the two media firms will form the world's second largest media group. And word of the week. Non-Dom. Short for Non-Domiciled. A controversial British tax status held by some foreigners in the country. ...including the wife of Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And now, here's today's agenda. Lula is back, but can he be trusted? As President of Brazil from 2003 to 2010... ...Louis Inácio Lula da Silva introduced welfare programs... ...that lifted millions out of poverty he left office with an approval rating of 80%. On Saturday, he is expected to announce his bid for a third term. He leads Jair Bolsonaro, the populist incumbent, by double digits in most polls. But his rivals do not want voters to forget that after leaving office, Lula was handed a 12-year sentence for money laundering and corruption, and that he watched the previous election from prison. Mr Bolsonaro calls him a, quote, thief. But his supporters believe Lula to be the victim of a conspiracy. His convictions, part of the, quote, car wash probe into government kickbacks, were later annulled. After a woeful pandemic, and with inflation at 11%, Brazilians may worry more about problems other than corruption. Donald Trump kingmaker. From the gilded halls of Mar-a-Lago, his Florida estate, Donald Trump is shaping Republican politics. Aspirants vie for the former president's backing. His influence will be tested by the performance of his preferred candidates in November's midterm elections. Mr. Trump has made nearly 130 endorsements ahead of the GOP primaries, which start in earnest in May. On Saturday, Mr. Trump will hold a rally in North Carolina for Ted Budd, an unremarkable Senate candidate who seems to have benefited from the former president's imprimatur. Other choices have been less successful. Mr. Trump retracted an endorsement in Alabama after his pick failed to gain traction. His favourite in Pennsylvania withdrew amid allegations of spousal abuse. Mr. Trump must mind his own affairs too. He is facing a criminal inquiry into his accounting practices and New York's Attorney General wants him held in contempt of court for failing to comply with a civil probe into his business dealings. The Trump brand faces all kinds of tests. Raphael, Renaissance Master When Raphael died in 1520, his corpse was placed for viewing at his studio in Rome beneath one of his greatest paintings, a wall-sized work called The Transfiguration. Quote, The sight of his dead body and this living painting filled the soul of everyone looking on with grief, wrote Giorgio Vasari, a contemporary. The painter's death, at just 37, followed an eight-day fever. Vasari claimed the cause was, quote, carnal pleasures a 16th-century euphemism for sexually transmitted disease. Raphael had a prolific two-decade career spanning paintings, prints and frescoes, as well as architectural and tapestry designs. On Saturday, after two years of Covid-related delays, the National Gallery in London will open an exhibition showcasing the breadth of his oeuvre. More than 90 works are presented, a vibrant testament to Raphael's genius and his enduring impact on Western art. The Grand Nationals biggest challenge in 1839, Martin Beecher, a soldier- turned jockey, competed in Britain's first grand national horse race in Liverpool. Alas, his steed, comrade, refused to jump the sixth obstacle, hurling Beecher over the fence. ...and landing him in a brook on the other side. What became known as Beecher's brook... ...is now one of the most famous and difficult jumps in racing. For jockeys competing in this year's Grand National on Saturday... ...Beecher's brook might not at first glance look especially challenging. At 4 feet 11 inches the height is manageable... ...but the course drops by up to 10 inches on the landing side... ...which the horses do not expect. This can prompt a stumble or worse. Three horses have suffered fatal falls at Beaches Brook in the past 35 years and at least two others have died after sustaining injuries from tumbles at the fence. In 2013, a safety review prompted changes, including a reduction of the drop by 5 inches to the current level. Since then, the Grand National has been mercifully free of equine deaths. Weekend Profile Ivan Skiba A survivor of Russian atrocities in Butcher As he played dead, Ivan Skiba saw his life flash before him. Like many others in Bucha, a suburb north of Kiev, the 43-year-old led a comfortable life. He had a house, a wife, four children, and a good job renovating flats. Yet there he was, along with eight others, on a bloodied concrete floor, after being shot by Russian soldiers. Unlike the rest, he was still alive. Miraculously, the bullet intended to kill Mr. Skiba, missed his vital organs. When he could hear no more voices, he staggered up and scarpered over a fence to a nearby home. Other Russian soldiers found him hiding there, but he convinced them that he owned the house. The soldiers brought him back to a basement shelter where he laid low before leaving Butcher via a humanitarian corridor. Hundreds of Ukrainians died during the Russian occupation of towns and villages north of Kyiv. Many were caught up in shelling. Others were shot by trigger-happy soldiers. Some, predominantly military-aged men like Mr Skiba, were deliberately targeted, tortured and summarily shot. Mr. Skiba had joined Ukraine's territorial defence... ...after the Russians invaded on February 24th. He was not a soldier and could hardly handle a rifle. But he did shifts at the checkpoint on the edge of town... ...where he took pride in informing locals about the best evacuation routes. It was there, as Russia stepped up attacks, that his troubles began. On March 5th, Mr. Skiba and the other checkpoint guards took cover from artillery fire in the basement of a local home. Russian troops forced open the doors and marched them to their base. The Russians asked the men if they were soldiers. They claimed to be builders. Unsatisfied, the Russians executed one to get the rest talking. One man admitted he was a member of the territorial defence. The group was beaten and tortured, and an order issued to kill them all. Quote, the russian commander said they should yebashit finish off us but do it away from the base recalls mr skiba the bullet for mr skiba went through his body and he survived sviatoslav tarovsky his friend and godfather to his children was not so lucky photographs from the grisly scene show mr tarovsky's corpse in a burgundy jacket among rubbish and russian ration packs quote They took his life away, says Mr Skeba. For what? Who did he threaten? The winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in the quiz this week. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were Asia Suvanik Serkar, New Delhi, India North America Lynn Erla Beagle Raleigh, United States Central and South America, Guillermo Bocado, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Europe, Anno Mahoney, Skibberine Iceland, Africa, Rob Blair, Haraway, Zimbabwe, Oceania, Wendy King, Hunthawang, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Steps, Window, Rebecca Hall, Northwestern and Birds. The theme is films by Alfred Hitchcock. The 39 Steps, Rear Window, Rebecca, North by Northwest, and The Birds. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Francis Bacon, who died on this day in 1626. Truth can never be reached by just listening to the voice of an authority.